Welcome to the Masterful Coach Podcast with Molly Claire, where coaches learn skill mastery, business mastery, and life mastery at a whole new level. If you're ready to create a meaningful coaching business that makes a difference, you're in the right place. And now your host, Master Coach Instructor, Molly Claire. Hey coach, before we dive into a fantastic interview for you today, I want to share some exciting personal news, and that is that my 11-year-old daughter, Daisy's book, is finally launching tomorrow. So you may have heard my interview with Daisy back in January as she was finishing up her book and getting ready to launch, and tomorrow is the day. So her book is A Kid's Guide to Divorce and Life After It, and we are asking that if you know anyone at all who would love to get their hands on this book, or even if you are just interested in supporting a new budding author, that you buy the Kindle version tomorrow. So tomorrow, the Kindle version of her book will be 99 cents, and we are doing a really big push for this launch. It's a great way to let Amazon know This author is amazing, and um, she would be a bestseller for the day in her categories, which would be really exciting. So if you have some time and you are ready to support a new budding author and my amazing little girl, go ahead and go to daisyfreestone.com and just put your email address in there. And tomorrow morning, you will get an email with the link to buy the Kindle version for 99 cents. It makes a huge difference. And thank you so much for your support of that. And also just for all of the support that has been pouring in for her over the last couple of months. It's been really meaningful as she has been sharing her experience in this book and really hoping to connect with other kids who could really use someone who understands. So thank you. You all are the best. Enjoy the interview. Hello, coaches. Oh, I have got an amazing guest for you today. I'm so excited to introduce you to Aaron Jacobs. Say hello, Aaron, before I tell them all about you. Hello, Aaron. <laughs> no, <laughs> hello to the audience. No, that was a callback to the, like the old George Burns and Gracie thing. Come on, I'm getting vaudeville on you. Yeah, can you tell we're going to have a good time today on this interview? So Aaron is amazing. I actually met Aaron through coach certification. And he just pointed out that when I had um, talked with Mark Butler, that we referenced Molly's Millions. Mm-hmm. So Aaron, you were the ringleader of Molly's Millions. I <laughs> I don't know if I get the title of ringleader, but definitely I have trouble shutting down my marketing lens sometimes. And so mm-hmm. when a tagline or a button needs to be come up with, like I, I like the alliteration, Molly's yes. Millions. Yes, yes, absolutely. Which is why you're all going to love this episode. <laughs> so so yeah, Aaron was in one of my very favorite certification groups, of course, for coaching. Aaron is a coach. Some of the things that are really amazing about him that you're going to hear today is Aaron is passionate about the power of storytelling and helping you to be able to bring out those stories in you that are going to help you connect with your clients. And Aaron also is masterful at helping people take informational tutorials or things that would otherwise be boring and really bringing them to life through story. Yes. Right. Absolutely. Yes. If you have an acronym that needs to be changed, we'll come up with a great story about why that's amazing. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so Aaron is amazing with storytelling, how it brings everything to life. 
getting you as a coach comfortable on camera. He has so much to offer and we're going to have an awesome interview. So let's do it. Let's do this. Awesome. Anything to add? Anything else about kind of what you do, you know, or how you got here? Um, well, I mean, how we got here, like a lot of us do, is kind of saying yes to things mm-hmm. that were uncomfortable. Yes. <laughs> so uh, saying yes to when someone first wanted me to write a script for them, and then someone wanted us to make a video for them and figuring that out, and then mm-hmm. how to tell stories better, and then starting a marketing firm. Mm-hmm. After having done casting in the entertainment industry for a while and then specializing with software companies, mostly like Microsoft mm-hmm. and SAP and helping them tell, like you said, sometimes what could be dry subject matter, turning that into an engaging and yes. funny story. We like to use humor a lot because mm-hmm. the human brain, the limbic system finds things more memorable when humor is involved. It's why we send and receive jokes. That's why we remember a good joke and retell it. It's sticky. Yeah. Has sticky staying power. Yeah. And so we started doing that for companies and then ended up going to the life coach school to getting certified because I just really was attracted and you know had a magnetic pull towards that. Mm-hmm. Ended up meeting you and then finding ways to help people tell their stories outside of a visual medium, mm-hmm. how to help them tell their stories for their business. Mm-hmm. And then, it. you know, how to look great on camera, realizing that at one point. I think it was actually during a, an event that you might have been at as well. It was a mastermind event mm-hmm. where uh, the person on stage, <laughs> I don't want to out Brooke, but she told this is a very Brooke thing that she did. <laughs> She's like, all of your videos suck. <laughs> she was talking to the whole room. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds like Brooke. <laughs> in a very Brooke way. Yeah. And and she said, and I raised my hand and said, like, oh, you know, I I know some production tenants. I mm-hmm. could say a couple things about lighting and mm-hmm. um about microphones and about yes. camera placement that might be helpful to some of the people here. Yeah. And she's like, Great, you're doing that as soon as I'm done. You're coming up yes. on stage and you're doing that for the whole group. I and- remember that. I remember everyone <laughs> flocking to you and they should have. So, yes. But it was so funny because I thought like, oh, maybe a handful of people will stick around. Like maybe if I can help 20 people out, that'd be good. And literally, like you said, everyone stayed. Oh, yeah. And yeah. and then I ended up just speaking for, it was only like 10 or 15 minutes. Yeah. But I had never really realized that like, oh, and this was before pandemic times. Mm-hmm. It was the coaching industry was starting to go in a direction where it was more and more feasible, more possible to serve your clients remotely by doing, and not just phone calls, but some people were getting more comfortable talking on camera. And so there was some growth maybe that needed to happen there. Mm -hmm. And it was neat to be able to help people in that way. And it's only, Mm -hmm. of course, exploded since then. But Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, one of the things I love about you, and I'm sure you can hear this if you're just listening to the podcast, but Aaron, you exude so much confidence. And I do think you're such a natural leader and you make it look easy to be in front of people and easy to be on camera. Do you feel that way? I don't always feel that way, but Mm -hmm. like anything else, and this is actually when we work with students, this is such a great thing to bring up, Mm -hmm. is that we like to help people understand that it's not a talent to get good being on camera. Mm-hmm. It's actually just a set of skills that anyone can learn. Mm. Yeah. And like yeah. much like with learning how to be a coach and that I've seen yes. people go through your program and have great, huge leaps as far as their coaching and their confidence themselves, it's about yes. repetition. Yeah, Like doing absolutely. anything else, it's about repetition. And if you have a structure 
where if you have someone that's mentoring you and say, do these things in this order mm-hmm. and do it multiple times mm-hmm. that you get more confident and you do it. And so for me, I had, you know, I have a master's degree in acting and directing. So mm-hmm. people will be like, well, it's easy for him. Mm-hmm. But through my career, I've been working with people in technology that are amazing uh, like engineers, mm-hmm. like technical engineers. Yeah. They can they can tell you all about how the software works and how the code is built. Mm-hmm. And they have this amazing skill set in that area. But tell them to get on camera mm-hmm. or to be in front of a group. Mm-hmm. and a, a large audience and talk and you know they'll freeze up like a lot of us would but if you can just show them that hey this is like learning a new form of code or a new coding yes. language yeah. or like speaking their language meeting yeah. them where they are and making it so it makes sense to them yeah. yeah and then just say hey do these things in this order and you will more than likely get this result mm-hmm. and if you repeat this over this period of time it's actually going to be just a new skill that you learn. Yeah. And so that's yeah. one of the things we try to separate for people is this isn't something you have to be good at presenting, good at mm-hmm. being in front of an audience, good mm-hmm. at, at turning on the camera. It's something you can learn just by following steps in practice. Yeah. I love that. Because don't you think that most of the time it's because people think, oh, I'm not that kind of person. Mm-hmm. Like Aaron, no, he's that kind of person. Yeah. <laughs> or he's good at that. But And I think certainly some people, maybe it feels more natural to them, but Mm -hmm. I think that thinking of it as a set of skills and something anyone can learn is really, it's that growth mindset way of thinking about it, right? Absolutely. Like any other skill you want to acquire. If you want to get better at your storytelling with your marketing, if you want to get better at your website copy, if you want to get better at turning on your camera and making small videos, whether it's just as small as like making a loom video or something to explain Mm -hmm. something to a client. The first time is hard. The second time is a little less hard. The third time, like you're starting to get the hang of it. And then before you know it, it's no big deal. Yes. Yes. You just have to start doing it. Just do Mm -hmm. it. The more you do it, the easier it gets. Absolutely. hundred percent. Well, I, I, and I love that you have, you know, pushed yourself to say yes and to practice again and again, because I think the confidence that you exude, I know that I've seen this when, when you've worked like in our small group, for example, with our coaches, that when you the way that you exude confidence and present yourself on camera, I feel like it helps others to see that as an example of something to aim for, right? And I think there's a lot of value in that. So, Absolutely. And there's some small tools that people can start using. if they, Even if they want to start doing it on their own and getting used to mm-hmm. how they look and sound and, and show up on camera, mm-hmm. using little things like Marco Polo mm-hmm. or yes. FaceTime with a family member the more you can do those little interactions on camera and get used to the way that when you see the little window and you see yourself in it, mm-hmm. that, that, that sense of self can be a little jarring at first, mm-hmm. the more you practice yeah. it. And it's because psychologically, a lot of us that are a little bit older, I'm in my forties <laughs> and this Did you just technology, say us? did you just include me? In no, that? no, no. I said us as in people, not, not, not you specifically not us. <laughs> Like me on this side. I <laughs> just want to make Ooh, sure. I barely, I barely got out of that one. Okay. <laughs> I was on the tip of a knife there, people. Um, but that the way that you show up on camera, like we have a sense of self that is defined mostly by how we think we look when we look in the mirror. A very mm-hmm. two-dimensional sense of mm-hmm. self. And it can be a little jarring at first to get used to the way that you show up on camera, the way that you sound when you hear it through mm-hmm. the speakers, 
the way that you're like, oh, when I see myself reflected back, that's not exactly how my sense of self naturally, I think of myself. Yes. Do I make that expression all the time? Like there's all kinds of little thoughts that start firing and that we start judging. We start judging how we sound, how we look. Do I always make that face? Oh, I shouldn't do it that way. We get caught up in our head. Mm -hmm. And that of course distracts us. So if you can start to find little ways to interact on that space and get used to it, it's like anything else. It's like, oh, it's just, it is what it is. It's absolutely yes. fine. And yeah. then you can be more, more natural about it. Exactly. So, then it's not okay. a big deal. And I, w- I want to get into storytelling, but I have just a couple other things that have come up because as you're talking, I'm thinking about this idea. So for example, I talk with my hands all the time. Same here. It's very natural to me. And my kids, sometimes my kids will hold my hands <laughs> down at my sides and see if I can still talk. And lo and behold, I can. <laughs> Sorry, kids. But I know. But I talk with my hands a lot. And certainly we all have, you know, mannerisms or manners of speech. And I I, I think there's a place sometimes to improve the way that we present. And then there's mm. also this space of, of being you naturally. So do, do you see a difference between these two? How do they fit together? What are your thoughts on that? I would say that most times the evolution that I see in students is them being very measured and very aware of every movement they make. Mm-hmm. Because if anyone's ever, for instance, been on a stage and had to do a public speaking thing, even if it was in fifth grade when you had to give your first book report, Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, you're very conscious of your body. Mm, yes. Where do I put my hands? Like, <laughs> literally, yes. people will be like, do I usually have them in my pockets? Are they down at my side? It mm-hmm. feels weird just to have them like here. We don't think about this normally when we're di- right, during our day. Right. But once something is being examined or our perception out- mm-hmm. of ourselves, we feel mm-hmm. like others are examining us, mm-hmm. judging mm-hmm. in our minds. Mm-hmm. that we become very self-aware of our physical body. Yes. And so I see students at first that like don't want to move their hands, that don't want to move mm-hmm. their head, that might be like, I'm giving the information, I'm getting it all out, mm-hmm. I'm doing all the things, I don't want to mess up, and they're very in their head. And the more we can just have conversations about things and allow them to start to use their hands and use their bodies, mm-hmm. even if you're not on camera, let's say like right now, Molly and I actually have our cameras on, but if we mm-hmm. didn't, I would, I would suggest to anyone that's doing a podcast or anything like that, even if it's a non-visual medium, mm-hmm. get, get your body into it. Yeah. It helps, yeah. it helps with your vocal tone. It helps with the way that you come across. It helps with your energy levels. Mm-hmm. Like your body informs the way that you do that. Mm-hmm. So the more permission you can give yourself to be your authentic self. And if yeah. you're a hand talker like Molly and I, oh, I and am. that's the way you communicate, like you need to bring that. Yes. And it might look a little weird to you or dissonant at first, mm-hmm. because you're seeing yourself in the little window, in the Zoom window or whatever, yeah. but just realize like no one cares about that, but you. Mm-hmm. You are That's literally really the true. only person thinking about it. Yes. And your kids. That's yes. And your kids. Person. But that's mostly, they have ulterior motives. That's right. So That's so funny. As you were talking, I noticed in my brain, where are my hands right now? What am I doing? Am I doing something weird on camera while I'm talking to him right now? So it's true. Yeah. yeah our so brains, true. they really like, especially that lizard brain can really kick in. Um, yeah. I've even seen people at, you know, these amazing like vice presidents of corporate accounts at Microsoft, they speak in front of live 
mm. at keynote speeches in front of like basically stadiums full of people mm. and they just kill it. And then I have a small crew of 10 or less people mm -hmm. with a big camera in front of them. And that little red light goes off mm -hmm. and they even can freeze up sometimes and become very yes. aware of where they are. So yes. just realize that it's not just you, that this is something everyone has to practice totally, and that it's, it's okay. You can yes. learn how to do it. Yes. Yeah. I know I've had some of my clients before they've dared to say out loud on a call, I can't stand watching back my videos. And of course, that is the flag right there where I say, guess what I'm going to ask you to do? Watch them back. And, Never and tell Molly. What'd you say? Don't Never tell, tell Molly, Molly what your deepest coaching fear is. She will. <laughs> um, but I think, you know, I have a fairly high voice. I have a little voice. And it used to really bother me, but the more I've listened, I just, I don't think about it anymore, you know? So, yep. anyway. and just realize that everyone does that. Like yes. if you are a person that is thinking about your voice and how it's a little too high or a little too low, or like all these different things that we decide to judge ourselves on, mm -hmm. realize that I have worked with professional actors on TV sets and movies and large scale mm -hmm. commercials where hundreds of thousands of dollars are being spent mm -hmm. during the day. And they don't like to watch their performances back either. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know actors I that at premieres don't want to go, but their manager and their agent said, you are going mm -hmm. because you need to. This is part of the job. But they, mm -hmm. it is like nails on a chalkboard, them having to watch mm -hmm. themselves on the screen. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. We so, could have like a whole day workshop on what's going on in our brains, but we yeah. don't go there right now. I have so many ideas. It's about just it. human. Yes. And yes. just realizing you're not alone, I feel like is a big part of it. Like, I agree. Everyone thinks totally. these things, you're totally normal. Totally, totally. Okay, so let's talk about storytelling. What would you say, sure. what is the value in telling stories in marketing? And sometimes this means like your own story, right? And sometimes it means sort of like analogy storytelling. Would you agree? Is that what you what you mean when you talk about storytelling in marketing? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for us, it's, hey, are we telling a story about a product mm. or are we telling a story or are we helping someone unearth their own story? For instance, in the case of a coach, mm -hmm. their own story, how do we connect why they are a coach? Because what's, what's really interesting is people often think I need to tell the story of why I'm a good coach. Like why I feel justified that someone should exchange money or services or goods, like what, however you accept payment for your coaching. It could be barter system with chickens. I haven't right. seen that yet, but maybe that could be a thing. Um, but that they want to tell a story of credentials and like why someone should take them serious because they're still working on those thoughts themselves mm -hmm. about, about being perceived as a, as a legitimate coach, mm -hmm. I would say. Yeah. When yeah. really the most resonant story you could do is to be vulnerable and talk about why you decided to become a coach. Mm -hmm. And that really, it usually almost always leads to why you're the perfect kind of coach for this specific kind of person. Mm -hmm. And yeah. people, our initial knee-jerk reaction might be to cover up some of our tender places mm -hmm. where we're afraid that we might be judged, like mm -hmm. talking about on camera and the way that we do that to protect mm -hmm. ourselves. Mm -hmm. Our lizard brain might kick in a little bit and go like, we don't want to let people know about that. Yes. We want to feel bulletproof. Mm -hmm. But the more that you can tell a story, tell analogies, talk about something that happened to you and, and the, how that mm -hmm. connects 
to the topic or the thing you want to coach on. Yeah. That that breaks down, that resonates with people. They are pulled into that story. You are a human just like me and you overcame it. And you know a shortcut to help me get through where I'm at right now. The thing to remember is that at a very basic level, all humans, we are storytellers. It doesn't matter what part of the world you're from, Mm -hmm. age, demographic, anything, race, gender. We trade in a currency of stories, sending and receiving stories. This has been happening since we were in caves and around a fire trying to keep saber-toothed tigers out. We send and receive stories, oral tradition, and then as kids, the golden books with morals to stories Mm -hmm. are how we learned right Mm -hmm. from wrong and how to have a moral compass. Mm -hmm. And you can continue to do this as you're working on your website copy, as you're thinking about what video you want to do. It makes it so much easier just to say what it would be a good analogy or a good story, something that's happened to me in my life that connects in some way to the topic that I want to talk about. Yeah, yeah. What it does is it teases the the listener's limbic system. It says the limbic system, like it, it looks for what we should pay attention to at any given time. Mm-hmm. And so, if there's something interesting or the way something is being told, and it teases the brain in the right way, mm-hmm. it pulls the attention away from those little rectangles that we carry around in our pockets that ding and beep and everything like that. And the email that just came in and the kids Mm -hmm. asking for a snack and then all the things that we have going on, the limbic system is trying to prioritize at any given time. Mm -hmm. And so if you can tell a story in such a way, especially at the beginning, we call it the tease. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and connect it with something that's human. Mm -hmm. It can really help you, whether that's marketing copy, whether it's making your videos, whether it is Um, having a consulting call for a new client, Mm -hmm. tell them about how you can help them by giving them an analogy or a story or some way that universally they can go, oh, okay, that's a common experience we both share. Yes. yes. And now I know exactly how you can help me. And I feel that emotional punch. Mm, Yeah. As part of it. Yes. Yeah. It's like, I mean, when I talk with my clients about marketing and sales, it's always about connecting to the client. And this is just another way of connecting to the client just connection. in a personal way. And so one thing that has come to my mind as you've been talking, because one of the places I see some coaches getting stuck is some coaches have that kind of business where they kind of overcame something personal and now they're helping others in that space. Yeah, And there are other people who are just have an expertise in something, but don't have that personal experience. So what would you say to people that are listening that are having some of those thoughts come up? Like, well, I can't tell stories because this isn't my personal story. It's just something I'm good at. Oh, okay. Well, there's still the story of how you got good at that thing. There's still the story of why you decided to teach this thing to other people and serve them in this way. Mm -hmm. There's still the story of overcoming the things you had to overcome in order to be able to be at the place right now where you can be the coach for those people. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's stories everywhere. And this is one of the things that we teach people is that Mm -hmm. at first people like to tell themselves the story, the stories we have inside our own heads are Mm -hmm. the most powerful ones. Mm -hmm. They like to tell themselves that like, Oh, I'm not creative. Like how do I come up with stories? Mm -hmm. They're everywhere. Mm -hmm. Just become curious and aware of your daily experience as a human moving through this place we call earth, Mm -hmm. going to the store, being in the checkout line, talking to your kids. Once you start to 
tell your brain that we are being curious about little stories that happen to us all the time during the day. Mm-hmm. You will never run out of a list of podcast episodes you can do topics on, mm-hmm. of videos you can help people coach things on that connect to the way that you coach and what you coach on. Yes. You, you can't. The well can't go dry unless yes. you're not paying attention. I yes. usually tell people like you can carry a little notepad around in your back pocket if you want. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, open up your note app, your Evernote, whatever you use on your phone and just have a blank file with bullet points on it and just write down a couple keywords, like, mm-hmm. like checkout stand Snickers bar, like whatever fires the thought of mm-hmm. the inst- interesting interaction you had or story mm-hmm. that you think might connect to something later, mm-hmm. your brain will remember it with just a couple keywords. Yeah. Yeah. I just have a running list and our students I start doing that. the same thing and they never use the excuse with me again of, I can't think of anything good to tell a story about. Yeah. Oh, I bet. And as you were talking, I was actually thinking about for you coaches listening, if you have certain things that like your certain topics that you like to speak about and teach about, I I imagine you planting in your brain this idea, I'm watching for stories today about this thing, right? So then you'll be aware of those tiny things you see because it's true, like, we make up stories about facts in our life, right? That is what the human brain does. Mm -hmm. And so I would imagine that as we especially like direct our brain to the kind of lessons we're looking for in our lives, we'll see those. You do. It's like, it's like magic. They just pop up. Yeah. As soon as you have that intention in your brain of like, I think I want to do something on this, you'll start to see connections happen. And even if you're not that intentional and you're just, the next level of that is just kind of having a bit of a soft focus as you move through your day, where if an interaction happens, then you can work backwards from there and go like, how might that connect to something that I coach on Mm -hmm. or that I talk about? It's amazing how the brain, once you, you, you let your supercomputer just go to work, it's like, oh, we could connect it this way and this way and this way. And oh, there's also this other story that we hadn't thought of. We could connect those two things. Yes, your brain yes. loves that if you yes. give it permission to do it. Yes. And then we'll have a new problem of just constraining because our brain oh my will gosh. have so many things, right? It's, it's totally a fun true. Way to live. Ideas, stories everywhere. Yes. It's a fun way to live. <laughs> so, um, okay. So I'm hearing from you and especially, you know, as you all are listening, if you have a personal story as to how you overcame something and this is your business is personal to you in that respect share those stories, share the vulnerabilities. That's where the connection is, right? And those of you that it's not necessarily personal to you, but just something you're good at, a profession that you have, remember the story in why it matters to you because that personal aspect of it tells people you're the right person for them, right? And not to mention stories of of, um, clients and people you've worked with, obviously Mm -hmm. protecting anonymity and confidentiality and and respect and all of that kind of thing. So yeah. Absolutely. But yeah, all kinds of stories that can happen from all those different lenses. Yeah. Okay. So marketing now talk a little bit, Aaron, about, because you're a coach and I know that you believe there's a lot of power in bringing stories in with your coaching too. Talk about that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, one of the things that we're doing right now because of, and this just started, is storied coaching specifically as life coaching and learning how to tell your own story. Mm-hmm. One of the things and that we saw. Hold on, you do yeah, a go ahead. podcast. 
We just want to yes. flag that right now. We're going to talk <laughs> about that, but just he said this. So stay tuned. I want to send you to his podcast too. Okay, keep going. Yes, absolutely. And that reminds me as well. Like I have a, um, I know that your listeners, they might want to be like some of my students Mm -hmm. who are, there are so many options out there for cameras and lights and microphones and gear and everything. Mm -hmm. Even if I just look on Amazon, like it's overwhelming. Mm -hmm. First of all, what's a good price? What's a bad price? Like what's good quality? What's bad quality? So one of the things that I've, prepared for them is mm-hmm. they will have a link to a download to a uh, how to look amazing on camera ultimate gear guide. Awesome. So it will say, hey, awesome. here are the things to, to pay attention to. Here are some links to stuff that's good quality, but super good prices. Awesome. So, <laughs> that's what we want. <laughs> so I'll awesome. be sending that out as well. But yes, the podcast just started. One of the things that we noticed when we were doing more corporate coaching, which mm-hmm. a large part of our business is, is helping sales and pre-sales teams and technology mm-hmm. sell things with stories mm-hmm. and look amazing on camera while they do it. And so we noticed we had these moments with people where they were they wanted to apply some of these tenants to their either their own careers mm-hmm. or they were like, oh, I kind of have a I have a startup idea, but I'm kind of I don't know if I really want to do it. Or like mm-hmm. we noticed that they had these moments where they wanted to do storytelling work on themselves personally. Mm-hmm. And so that's what storied coaching just, we just birthed that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that just mm-hmm. happened two weeks ago, along with the podcast that happens as well. Mm-hmm. But what we do there is we follow the hero's journey. If anyone's familiar with Joseph Campbell's work, he came up with the hero hero's journey or the monomyth mm-hmm. uh, structure. And what it does is it, he did all of this amazing scholarly research on across cultures, across religions, across all kinds of hero stories that we see, movies, television. Mm-hmm. There is a commonality thread of these different stages a hero goes through mm-hmm. in order to be transformed from the outside and the inside. Mm-hmm. And as coaches, we all know how transformation happens. Mm-hmm. And we help people a lot of that with internal work and that it expresses itself externally. Yeah. And so we've mapped that structure to using the model that, mm-hmm. you know, I learned specifically at the life coach school mm-hmm. as, you know, using as a springboard in order to get through those things and transition mm-hmm. for them, but to help people tell their own personal story, but figure mm-hmm. out what adventure they want to go on mm-hmm. and have a way to actually get there. So they're transformed from the inside and the outside. Mm-hmm. So that's okay. kind of how we connect story all the way across, like mm-hmm. stories that help you sell things. Stories yes. that help with business and stories that help us change personally. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Almost like it sounds like a lot of future focused work, like the story we want to tell about ourselves, yes. the story we want to create. And I'd imagine a space of looking at the stories we tell ourselves and how those yes. might get in the way. We, we call those default stories. And so mm-hmm. that's kind of how we take inventory at first. It's like what mm-hmm. default stories are, mm-hmm. are kind of forming your base operating system right now. Mm-hmm. You know what can... I love about that word is that I think sometimes we can we can speak to our clients about a story they're telling themselves and it can seem a bit condescending at times. Yes. <laughs> it's totally true. Right? Yeah. And um and kind of almost accusatory like they are intentionally telling them this <sighs> terrible story. That's so true. Not yeah. helpful. It's right? not helpful. Not yeah. helpful. <laughs> and also, though, we don't want our clients to think that this story that they always typically go to isn't something that can be changed as if it's fixed. 
Yeah. And so, you know, when you say the word default, what I love about that is this is this idea, like coaches for all of you and your clients, like we don't have to feel bad about the stories that are going on for us. It's just a default right now. And there are plenty of options to move forward. Mm -hmm. Our brains are these amazing supercomputers. And if we don't direct them towards an intentional story or a constellation of stories, our, the way that we move through the world is, is a constellation of different stories mm-hmm. that we have decided, our brain has decided to make sense and form who we right. are and how we present and all that kind of stuff. Yes. And some of them work well for us and some of them might not be working well for us as far as what we want to get as a result. Mm-hmm. We may have changed our mind. Mm-hmm. And so identifying and taking stock of that and then being intentional about what's the new hero story you want to do mm-hmm. or how could we reframe some of those stories so that it gets you the result you want. Mm-hmm. That's super fun. <laughs> yes, yes. And, and I don't know if you were speaking to this too, or if this is just something that stood out to me, but it's like, sometimes we can have a story that serves us for a time. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, we almost outgrow that story. Oh, so a story 100%. that once you know, served us as like overcoming or being strong or whatever. Now that story is actually holding us back in that same place. Right. hundred percent. Absolutely. Yeah. It's so true. And those can be some of the sneakiest ones yes. because we have a very yes. good feeling about them because they got us through that tough time. Yes. And it did serve us well. And it's almost like you need to get to the point, or at least I have in my life, Mm-hmm. of honoring that story. That story mm-hmm. is not now bad. Mm-hmm. It, it has no, I'm not trying to say that yeah. it hasn't been extremely helpful to me. It's just that if I want to keep evolving and growing as a person, it's almost like you have to thank that story for getting you past that point and yes. onto that next step or that next rung of the ladder. And then yes. it's okay to let it go. Yes. And that what I love about that too, is just, it creates so much space to have so much peace and love for yourself every step of the way. I love that. That's yeah. a wonderful way to think about that. I'm going I'm to yeah. take that. <laughs> yeah, love it. Okay, so marketing. We know storytelling and marketing is amazing. Yes. We've talked about in coaching. I want you to also speak before we finish up here. I would love for you to share just like a few tips about how people can feel comfortable in, in front of the camera. I know you've said mm. just get out there, practice it, but a few little tips you could offer up would be amazing. Oh, absolutely. And I realize, I fully realize I'm talking about a visual medium on a podcast. So as I said before, I'm not going to leave anybody in the lurch. Well, I'll make sure that I I follow up and I give Molly that link so that you can see some of the things I'm talking about. But there's three major things that that we work on with people and they they can be made very simple. So the Mm -hmm. first one is is camera placement and camera engagement. Mm -hmm. So some of these things might sound very, very 101 and they are, but it's amazing how many people don't take the time to intentionally do this mm-hmm. and it can help you so much. So yeah. the first thing I would say is get your camera up to eye height. Mm-hmm. If you are coaching clients, you need to, Molly's like, yes, I'm doing great. You are doing great, Molly. You get that camera up to eye height. So many times people, like even professionals that sell hundreds of thousands of dollars, millions of dollars worth of things have laptops that are below them and that they are looking down the whole mm-hmm. time. And they get this amazing like triple chin effect. Oh, wow. That looks great on me right now. I'm glad this is an <laughs> audio medium. Um, but yeah, or they have their camera placed too high and that's what we call the kindergartner effect. And for mm-hmm. Molly, I'm ducking down right now mm-hmm. and it doesn't make you look very authoritative. No, at all. it doesn't. Yeah. And so you want to be able to, just like we do in real life, you want to give the perception 
of making direct eye contact with the person you're talking to because universally across cultures, it's a sign of respect mm. and of connection. Mm-hmm. And we want to create as coaches that sense of a safe space for our people mm-hmm. so that they can yeah. feel like they can connect. Yes. And I love that. so it's such a small thing, but it's just practicing getting comfortable looking directly into the camera lens or putting your camera at a point so that it, if you're a couple feet back from it, visually, it looks like you're looking directly in the lens. Mm. That's number one. Mm-hmm. Number two would be um, curating your background. Mm-hmm. So some people in some situations, you might have a, you know, a time that you're coaching where you need to use the blur background feature or something if you're on video. Totally fine. There's going to be times when it comes in handy to have a virtual background. Great. Mm -hmm. It's still never going to be as awesome or as authentic as a real actual background. Mm -hmm. So have your space and what the camera sees. You're only curating like three or four feet of space here, people. Mm -hmm. It's not, you're not redecorating your entire house. Yeah. I've seen people to great effect use a corner in a common room. Mm Mm-hmm as long as they move their camera and their setup to where they need it to be. So yeah. kind of look at your space. Yeah. How I've worked with people on production sets for years is they always say zero everything out first. Start with a blank slate. Mm-hmm. Again, some of those choices that served you in the past might not serve you visually right now. Mm-hmm. I usually tell people, you know, how do you want your client to feel? Mm-hmm. Usually coaches go towards, I want them to feel like this is going to be simple that it's going to be easy, that it feels freeing, Mm -hmm. that it feels easy and okay and positive. So think about those emotions you want to trigger. What visually could you put in your background that a person would emotionally start Mm -hmm. to gravitate towards? I love that. That's usually less. So simple. Mm -hmm. Take Mm -hmm. things out. Mm -hmm. Something that, you know, like the lighting, the simplicity, easy, Mm -hmm. safety. These are things that we want to model visually so that people, their bodies can start to feel that as well. So curating your background is is a big one. So camera placement, curating your background. And other than that, the biggest thing where people will like, so a coach or someone that's Mm -hmm. wants to up their camera game, as I say, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. wants to look good on camera or feel good on camera. Cause it's all about the way that you feel really. Yeah. Again, it's all the stories we're telling ourselves in our head. People really don't care that much, Mm -hmm. but if you feel better, you'll present better. And that has a lot. I think that's the energy you bring. That's yes, yeah, yes, (laughs) totally. And it's reflected in in your vocal tone, and you're like, oh, I feel kind of good about the way that I'm doing this. Mm -hmm. It it allows your brain to not worry, your lizard brain to not worry about that, and just concentrate on the client. Yes, yeah, I love that. And so lighting, okay. Mm -hmm. We usually talk about the three point lighting setup. Light rings work great in a pinch as well. Mm -hmm. If you're a person that wears glasses, Mm -hmm. you might want to default instead of to a light ring. So you don't have those circles reflected Mm -hmm. back at you. Yeah. Um, Having two light sources. These can be lamps that you have sitting around your house. Mm -hmm. They don't have to be expensive things that you buy. Mm -hmm. It's it's so much more about where you place the lights Mm -hmm. than how fancy they are. If Mm -hmm. you want to get fancy, like I'm all for fun toys, but having like two lamps with shades on, because that diffuses Mm -hmm. the light a bit, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of those color temperature ones that are more like that soft, warm glow. Mm-hmm. you know, those mm-hmm. and having them like, look, turn on your camera, mm-hmm. grab those little table lamps mm-hmm. and on your desk and then start, take them so that you can see them in both of your hands mm-hmm. and then move them out until you can't see 
the lamps anymore. Mm. But so the camera can just barely not see it. They're out of frame, Mm -hmm. but they're on either side of you. What that Mm. will do is it will eliminate any shadows on your face Mm. and give you a nice, even lighting. So you'll like the way that you look better, which will translate to confidence on camera. Yes. This is brilliant because I've had, I have had a lot of light drama. Let me tell you. (laughs) I have, well, I have very, very sensitive eyes. Uh Uh-huh. And so when I've tried ring lights, it's really hurt my eyes. I have uh, like those photography light things up, which they're huge. Yes. And it's not my favorite thing to have like visually in here, but oh, you've got them too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I've got soft yeah. boxes that mm-hmm. I use as well, but yeah, not yes. everybody has access to that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So um, because it can be a tricky thing. So I love that trick. I love the idea that the the shades kind of diffuse the light a little and, um, and get rid of the shadows. So, so yeah. And then if you really want to take it to the next level and up your production value, have some sort of light source Mm -hmm. that is behind you. Mm -hmm. And so if you have the the luxury of having a wall behind you, Mm -hmm. you can aim even a lamp, set it on the ground Mm -hmm. and have that, that a little bit of that light spilling up the wall that is directly Mm -hmm. behind you. Mm -hmm. What it does is it lifts and separates you from your background. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds like a bra. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. This is the bra of, this is the wonder bra of production is the, is the light behind you. You've got to trademark that Molly. It's fantastic. You're never going to be able to say that again. It's a great face. This is amazing. This is now my favorite podcast episode ever. Okay. And so you can have a colored light or just a regular light behind you. It will lift and separate you from your background, give you more of a 3D effect. (laughs) <laughs> much like a bra. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't think we could end on a better note. Honestly, <laughs> No, we can't top that. It's fantastic. Awesome. Well, that's great. Thank you so, so much. And I will have your information in the show notes, of course. And also tell the people, where can they find you? Where can they hear you? Well, so uh, the podcast is the best way to kind of hear the things that we're talking about right now. There'll be personal story related. It'll be business related. It's kind of a blend of all the different aspects of our business. Awesome. And so checking out storied life coaching, mm-hmm. is probably the best way to do that. You know, wherever you'd like to listen to your podcasts, you'll find Got us it. there and you'll see my, my shiny head and you'll know that it's me. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. All right. Anything else you want them to know other than what we'll put in the show notes as to where you are? Or... No, no, just to listen to what Molly says. From my own personal experience, like just, just do what Molly says. You'll have an easier time. Oh, thank you. (laughs) That's that's good advice. And don't tell her not to talk with her hands. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you so much, Aaron. I so appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Masterful Coach Podcast. You can check out www.thecoachingcollective.com for info about the ultimate program for coaches building a business. To find out more about Molly, you can visit www.mollyclaire.com.